This is Tax Chats. Good afternoon, everybody. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. But once you get to, like, the tippy tops, I... My lips. We pay all the taxes we owe. Okay, I need some deductions. Deductions. I paid more uh, than anyone in taxes. Uh... No! Hello and welcome to Tax Chats. I'm Scott Dyering. And I am Jeff Hoops. And this is Tax Chats. It's good to be here with you. Today we're going to chat. About tax. Of course, about taxes. <laughs> always, one two, we might change that and just like talk about something else. But for now, it's tax. Jeff, Jeff and I are embarrassing ourselves by trying to get fancy. So we created an intro, which we didn't know how to operate, but we used it anyway. I thought it was pretty good. What'd you think? Oh, it was amazing. Stunningly amazing. The translation of what Jeff just said is, it was embarrassing, but we don't care. I'm not very um, embarrassed. If you know me, I, it's like really hard to embarrass me. In my Eastern <laughs> personality. And I'm turning red right now, so that's not good. Um, we have two problems today. One is a technical problem, which is my video is glitchy, and we couldn't fix it because we don't know what we're doing, and we don't care. The second problem is that uh, Jeff really loves salty things, so he's going to kick us off with the state and local deduction. But I noticed that he sometimes gets a little too involved in history. He has a museum, and so I have warned him, now that we have become fancy, that if he speaks for too long, I'm going to gong him, and it will sound like this. Oh, did, could you hear that? You couldn't hear that, could you? I need to be live to hear that. Hang on. It will sound like this. There we go. So if you hear that sound, it means Jeff has spoken <laughs> for too long. Well, first, All right. Well, the first one I actually heard, and it was like Scott's puny little arm just like barely tapping the gong. And then <laughs> the second was like an actual like strong person hitting it with all their force. Hitting a real gong. So I guess like if I talk for just like not very long at all, it'll be Scott's like puny little ding. And then that, like uh, the bigger gong. That's right. Okay. So, <laughs> so those are the rules of the game. Jeff's going to kick us off. If it gets boring, I'm going to gong him. And then we're going to talk about the uh, state and local tax. So yeah, Jeff, take it away. Taxes. It seems like almost you should just gong right from the get go. Cause a lot of times, I mean, it's not that exciting, but we're going to see what we can do. So we're talking about state and local, the state and local tax deduction. So just kind of set the stage. I mean, a lot of the other things we've talked about are corporate tax related items, right? So with the corporation tax, corporations earn income, and then they can basically deduct anything that they do as a reasonable business deduction. And that lowers their income. And so like we talked about on Monday, uh, in some cases, like we have these incentives that create deductions are actually bigger and that can like have make a, a corporation's income too small. And so we like get concerned about that and we might have uh, minimum taxes of various, various kinds to try to, to, to uh, affect that. On the individual side, most things actually aren't tax deductible. So on the individual side, you earn income. So like I work at UNC, I get a paycheck, and then there's a very, very small number of things that I can actually deduct uh, from my income that I, that I receive for my work or for my investments or whatever, whatever the income I have. This list of things has changed over time. And it's a, a list that 
that it's kind of an eclectic list. Some of things like reflect the values of society. So for example, we allow people to deduct their charitable contributions. We feels like a society, it's good to be charitable. We want to provide a little bit of an incentive to be charitable. So we let people who itemize their deductions, which is something we'll talk about here in a second, who itemize their deductions, um, we let them deduct charitable contributions. So the deduction we're talking about today is the state and local tax deduction. Uh, we call it SALT for state and local tax. Uh, and so like every academic who ever writes paper about the SALT deduction thinks they have to come up with some clever title because they think they're so clever that it has to do with like SALTY, just like Scott did when he uh, invented the title for today's thing that he sent out. He thought he had to be clever and put SALT-E. The, the, uh, the inventor who shall remain nameless may have lost his savor. The SALT hath lost its savor. Whatever. Okay. So, uh, should we, here we are. <laughs> no. Okay. So. so, so you may know Jeff and I both have gotten fancy microphones and now we have sound effects, which could be to our great detriment. Yeah. We'll probably get tired of them in about five minutes. So we have the state and local tax deduction. And so what, what is the deduction? Well, it, it's a deduction for the state and local taxes you pay. So the, the two biggest things that we think about this with uh, the state and local tax deduction is property taxes. So you own a home, you pay property taxes on that home, you're allowed to deduct the value of those property taxes, as well as the state-level income taxes that you pay. Okay? So with these deductions in general, it's been a little bit of a problem just like historically that if you allow some of these deductions and some types of people have like a lot of these deductions, they might be paying as much in taxes as you want. So this has been like historically a problem. So back in 1969, speaking of history, uh, like this was a concern and we invented the alternative minimum tax, which actually had as a component like to claw back some of the benefit from the state and local tax deduction. Like time progressed, we did a whole bunch of other things similar, but the, the question has always been, what do we allow to be deducted? And then do we somehow like limit that deduction in some way? So you know, for a long time, we had the state and local tax deduction. And then in 2017, the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which was kind of unilaterally passed by Republicans and decried by uh, Democrats as a handout to the rich, put a cap in for the state and local tax deduction. So what that meant is you can only deduct up to $10,000 of state and local taxes. Now, $10,000 might seem a lot to the average person. It actually is a lot to the average person. But for high-income people, $10,000 uh, of your property taxes plus your income state income tax together isn't all that much. So this could be, you know, for a person in the top 1, 2, 3, 4, 5% of the income bracket, this could be a pretty big deal and limit the extent of that deduction by a lot. So the Republicans got rid but, but hang on just a minute. Yep. So you're saying um, this can limit the deduction, but who gets the deduction in the first place? You have to be able to itemize, right? Yeah, so we're, we're getting there. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So oh, you're getting there. Okay. The way our system is, the problem is you have to know all these different things all at the same time, right? Yes. So uh, you do have to itemize. What does that mean? So unlike businesses where you just have your income, take all your deductions, and it's the difference between the two. Uh, in the U.S. tax system currently, you basically can, you have all your income, and then you can do one of two things. Number one thing is you can take this, what's called the standard deduction, and it's just like a set amount. You don't have to like add up anything. You don't have to think about anything. You just elect to take a set amount of deduction, and that's called the standard deduction. If 
alternatively, you have enough deduction that exceeds the standard deduction. So like you've given a lot to charity and you have a lot of mortgage interest and you have a lot of uh, state and local taxes that you paid. If that exceeds the, sta the standard deduction, you do what's called itemize your deduction. So currently under current law, it's only about 10% of taxpayers who itemize their deductions, right? Uh, and and this, that's quite correlated with income, right? Because the higher your income, the more in property taxes you're paying, the more in state and local taxes you're paying, the uh, likely the more charity you're giving, uh, the more um, of these kinds of deductions you have. And so the uppermost income people are the ones that are like itemizing deductions. So again, the Republicans got rid of the salt cap and it was a pretty politically controversial thing to do. So why was it politically controversial? Well, why do you think, Scott? Why would, uh, who wouldn't like that? Well, hold on just a minute. People like Before I answer your question, yeah. I can hear somebody getting messages. Is that you or is that me? I think that's definitely you. So stop. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how to stop it. So uh, if you hear a little ding, like somebody's getting a message, sorry about that. Um, okay, so you asked me, why it was politically controversial too? Yeah. Why would the republic? Why was it a politically controversial that the Republicans got rid of this thing? Who would that make angry? Oh well, of course, everybody knows the answer to that question. The answer is it makes the rich people in blue states predominantly angry, which would be primarily people who vote for the Democrats. So that would be uh, people in New York and California. Am I right? The Democrats. It makes the people who vote for the Democrats angry. So why those people? Because they're in, uh, they, they're in states with high tax rates, with high property values, which means they have a lot of income tax that they pay to the state to deduct, and they have a lot of property taxes that they have to pay. Did I get it right? You passed the test. That's exactly right. I passed the on test. On average, these, these Democratic-leaning states have higher property tax rates. On average, they have higher state income tax rates. And not only do you have like the higher tax rate, they have higher property values. And so like this trifecta of high things affecting blue states means this, at least the storyline goes, uh, is affecting Democrats a little bit more than Republicans. I mean, this isn't like a huge thing, right? If you're rich in Texas, you still pay plenty of uh, taxes, not state level income taxes. I guess that was a bad example. But if you're rich in Idaho, you still pay some state level taxes because they have a, a state income tax in Idaho. Okay, but hang on just a minute. You said it might be a Democrat thing or it might not, but do you know whether it's a there, Democrat thing or not? Statistic on this, and I was actually relying on you to come up with those statistics. What do you got for it? Well, without you telling me, I did my job. Good work. For okay, so for so here's what here's what you might be interested to know. If you go to 2017, which is the last year I could find data for, and it's actually kind of an interesting year to look at because it's before the Trump tax act passed. Okay. And you say, which states received the largest fraction of the total federal benefit? So who got the biggest benefit? What's your, what's your guess for state number one? Uh, so, so I've seen these statistics. It really depends on how you count for federal benefits. If it's like defense spending and agricultural spending. It, oh, no, no. I'm just talking about the state and local deduction. Just the state and local deduction. Just the state and local deduction. Uh, my, I mean, in raw dollar terms? Um, uh, the total, so there's a total fraction of benefit given overall by the federal government for state and local deductions, right? And, there, and every state gets a fraction of that. Okay. 
Which state do you think got the biggest fraction? fraction relative to its population or what? Just like total fraction. Total fraction. Total fraction, uh, California and New York. California, number one, 21% of the benefit goes to residents of California. We're over, tw- over, yeah, that's a lot. 21%. Cal- uh, New York is number two. 13% of the benefit goes to people in New York. Or over, we're over a third with just those two states. With those two states. The third the third state, what's your guess? You've got California and New York. What's the third state? Uh, uh, Washington. Uh, incorrect. New Jersey. Now I won't make it so small. I thought uh, it's so small, but uh, 5.8% of the total benefit goes to New Jersey. Now here's another thing I did. A New Jersey. Last night, a New Jersey politician was bragging about getting rid of the salt cap and I actually responded to their tweet on Twitter. So New Jersey and New Jerseyans being excited about this was fresh in my mind. Yeah. So of course, New Jersey wants it back because they're one of the biggest beneficiaries. Now, I went ahead and looked at the election map from uh, the presidential election in the most recent one. And I divided up the states based on whether they went for Biden versus whether they went for Trump. Okay. Okay, I'm going to let you finish, but I got a big comment on this. All right, total Biden states. What is the total percentage? Add up all those states versus Trump states. I mean, how much was New Jersey again? New Jersey was 5.8%. We're already at like 37, 38% with those three blue states. Uh, I don't know, 70 or 80%. Oh, you're pretty good. 76.5% of the benefit in 2017 before you know, before it was capped, went to states that voted for Biden in the last election. Yeah. That's that's a pretty big deal. So you you speculated, and I gave you the data. So here is what I'd like to see, and I've actually, like, there, there's some uh, tax researchers doing related, related things that have the data to do this. I've told them to do it. I haven't seen the results yet, though. So, I mean, people have talked about this at the state level. But like to say California is a democratic state, that's certainly true, like statewide, but there are pretty large little pockets of republicanism in that state. And I don't know how that varies with housing prices or income, right? It certainly could be that the benefits actually going to Republicans if within the democratic states, like the richest, richest areas are red. I would really. So that would be very interesting because this would be. Uh, this is done because I don't know what the actual answer is. I mean, we just say like blue states, but like, do we really think that the very richest parts of New York City are so solidly blue? Maybe, but I don't know. It's an empirical question. Yep, I can't tell you that. I only have detail down to the state level. It would be really fun to have detail at the individual level and have their voting records, but we don't have that. Yeah, but even at like the. Uh, we have data at a fine enough level to get a way better answer than at the state level. Okay, so so that's the political question, right? We have this deduction. It's actually really, really, really expensive. It favors blue states, and I, you know, five minutes ago I said it favored blue states. Now Scott's telling us it really favors blue states, uh, and so of course it favors blue states. But then the second part, remember, it also favors very, very, very wealthy people, right? You already have to be kind of in the 90, in the top 10% of income to take advantage of this at all. And and it just linearly scales up with how much income you have, because you're paying those state level taxes, and how big your house is, right? Okay, so hang on just a minute. Do you think Bernie Sanders could take advantage of this? Uh, 
Bernie Sanders. So he was in 2016 like, pulling in a million dollars a year from his book. And when people complained about it, he said, well, if you complain about it, just sell a best-selling book. Uh, yeah, my guess is he does. Do you got his, I, got his, I could pull up his tax return real quick. Have you done it? Well, you don't need to do that. I have not done it, but I did see that he has a couple of houses in different states with high property tax rates. A lot of people have summer cabins. <laughs> yeah. So my guess is Bernie Sanders would uh, would benefit from this. Well, there's limitations for like second and third and fourth houses. It gets a little bit trickier, but yeah, my guess is for sure he benefits from it. So yeah, um, yeah. So you get this awkward position where you have this tax thing is going to be borne a little bit more by Democrats in the United States, but rich people in those states. And so, I mean, we haven't even got to the punchline yet, but the punchline is in the last few days, the Democrats want to add to the Build Back Better plan, a repeal of this limitation on taking this deduction, which would mean, so for all these wealthy people in predominantly blue states, they get more tax deductions. So there was a, an analysis of this done um, recently and it is like really quite heavily skewed towards wealthy people. So this was the uh, CRFB. Uh, and it's like the Committee for Responsible Federal Budgeting, something like that. And I, and I think this was in the link that's down in the description. So yeah. if you uh, yeah. ch checked out the links, you've seen this figure. This is a super good analysis. And it basically says it's about $475 billion to remove this cap which is literally the largest part of the Build Back Better plan. But what, what fraction of that goes towards people in the top 5% of earners? It's $400 billion. It's the very largest thing tied with childcare and pre-K. So we're going to build back better by handing this large tax deduction to these upper-income people. I mean, to, to me, like the, it shouldn't be the Build Back Better plan. It should be like the Build Biden's Base plan because you're just like giving this huge tax deduction to these people right. well this kind of goes it kind of goes against the uh the the dress that you're trying to get the tax the rich dress it kind of goes against that philosophy right so it goes against i mean what's what's awkward is like the republicans the the democrats skewer the republicans for having this thing that gives a massive handout to the rich while in that bill they took money from the rich through this thing and now the democrats want to give that money back to the rich with a bill that they say is going to go to the poor so it's a little bit awkward uh and what's what's actually you know, it's, it's, it's even more complicated than that. If you just look at how progressive or regressive this tax would be with the salt cap limitation, this would be giving more money as a percentage of the total, total bill to the upper income earners than the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act would be. Okay, so people have been... Okay, hang on just a minute. We have a question in the chat, which is, or maybe it's a comment, but I think it'd be fun for you to uh, respond to the comment. And the comment is, or it's related to the idea that the r losing the state and local tax deduction is causing rich people to leave states with high state tax rates and high property tax rates. Do you buy that? Uh, maybe. I mean, so <laughs> there is certainly, it's going to increase your cost of housing a little bit. Um, I don't know if I've seen any, any imp convincing empirical evidence. Certainly, if you're in New Jersey, you're a politician in New Jersey, you're going to say, oh, this is the most horrible everything. Everybody's like fleeing our state because of the salt cap. And it turns out they're also fleeing your state because nobody wants to quarantine in their basement in a giant thing during COVID. And because you have all sorts of other problems in your state as New Jersey. So, so actually, this amazing life. And you also don't have to worry about high property tax and high state taxes. 
but yeah, this is a story that people have told. I don't know if I've seen convincing empirical data on it. So, so let's suppose it's true. Wouldn't the solution to this be for New Jersey to change its tax rates instead of asking the federal government to subsidize New Jersey's tax rates? Uh, so you say a solution that assumes there's a problem, but yeah, sure. Uh, New- well, the problem would be people are leaving. New Jersey could do that, but then you also don't, I mean, it's, it's like, sure, you could do a solution that's costly to New Jersey or one that's costly to everybody else. If you're New Jersey, you want you want everybody else to pay for it. Right. So New Jersey wants to be a free rider. They want to free ride on the feds, basically. Uh, want to be, if everybody wants something, it's not just New Jersey, right? Your beloved state of Utah wants to like suck all the agricultural subsidies it can out of the system and everything else, right? Everybody wants something from everybody. Everybody wants something, doesn't want to pay for it. This isn't a, don't pick on New Jersey, Scott. They're small, they're weak. <laughs> Leave them alone. Okay, so there's an update. I don't know if you saw the update. It's just like relatively recent. There's a lot of, um, you know, at least the, the people that I pay attention to and, and worry about really kind of upset by this, right? Because they think that this democratic plan should at least nominally be about helping poor people. Now the, the biggest piece of it's helping rich people. It's kind of upsetting. So just this morning, the Democrats have actually started talking about re-implementing parts of the alternative minimum tax, which would claw back this uh, salt cap for upper income people. So this is like as... Hang on just a minute. I just threw up a little in my mouth. I had not heard that before. I'll give that makes time that, give you some time. That's to, terrible. Why is that terrible? The alternative minimum tax was like my least favorite tax of all time. Because you had to pay it? Yeah. And I'm like, it was originally intended to, you know, capture like 150 really, really, really rich people. And by the time it was eliminated in 2017 it was capturing like large swaths of the taxpayer adjusted it so there, there are ways you could do an alternative minimum tax it wouldn't be as bad as i mean it's a it's a concept you're thinking of the specific way in which it was implemented but their concept is to say you know we're going to allow the state and local tax deduction for much more than ten uh ten thousand dollars which is our current cap for merit filing jointly but if you're like too rich, then we're gonna like phase it out or, or or something like that, right? Okay, I'm okay with that. I think that would be good. I think that it's, it's a fascinating, you know, I have no idea how the politics of this work. I mean, it, it certainly was the case that in the very early versions of this, the state and local tax cap elimination was not in there. I think partly because the optics are so bad. And so I think right as soon as the Democrats think they almost have it over the finish line, like right at the very end, they slip in this thing. But apparently it wasn't close enough to the end because the outrage about it has been, uh, you know, people are upset about this and now they're talking about, well, maybe we'll like have to cap it somehow just in a different way that makes it a little bit more generous for uh, what they would call middle income people. But again, by definition, you already have to be in the top 10% of people itemized to care about this at all. Okay, so we have talked about this being regressive in the sense that it really benefits the state and local tax deduction is primarily a benefit for rich people that have a lot of assets in high tax states, something well, like that, well, right? I mean, that, that's true. If you like, if the New Jersey Congress person was on here, they would be outraged and we say, "Oh, it's just middle-income people in New Jersey that are paying this," that, which might be true because property taxes or property values are so high in New Jersey. Oh, so I looked up last night the average property tax bill in New Jersey plus the average state tax bill in New Jersey exceeded the $10,000 cap for the average, the average, just the average. Right. Okay. So this brings up, whereas in Idaho, it's like 3000 total dollars. You got $7,000 of slack. 
if you take the average of those two things from Idaho. So it really okay. Well, that's that, hang on just a minute. That's a that's a perfect setup for what I think we should talk about, which is not only is this a subsidy to potentially the wealthy as opposed to the middle income, although you just pointed out it could be the middle income. It's also an odd way in which the federal government subsidizes the states, because when a state taxes um, its citizens, they typically would use tax them a dollar, they pay you a dollar. But in this case, you tax them a dollar, but they only have to pay, you know, 70 cents economically because the federal government's going to pitch in the other 30 cents. That's economically what's happening. So does it seem like reasonable that the federal government should be subsidizing states in this way? Yeah. So, I mean, this goes back to how I started the thing when you were like threatening to gong me with all your might. Uh, is that like the deductions we allow reflect the values and the things that we want to encourage versus discourage. We allow a charitable deduction because we want like more charity, I guess. Uh, so what this is saying kind of explicitly is we want states to be able to charge higher taxes, property taxes to be higher and housing taxes or property values to be higher. Or we want to subsidize people to live in higher valued homes, you know, these kinds of things. So I, I think it is a serious policy question whether we should have this at all. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to be bold. Justification and for it. I'm going to be bold. And as one who benefits from the state and local deduction, I'm going to say I think it should be eliminated. I don't think it should even exist. I think it's a terrible idea. And we should just take it and change nothing else. Yeah, I just think there shouldn't even be a state and local tax deduction. Hey, so I'm not. I mean, now, hang on. Just uh, let me back up just a minute. I'm very happy that there is one right now because it provides some benefit in my personal situation. But I think it's a terrible idea. So I would agree then that the tax system would be better off if we had fewer things of like that. And then we took all that revenue that would be generated from getting rid of those things and decrease the tax rate. Yes. And, and, Amen. And kind of like optimal taxation thinking about this, right? So if we provide these activities that are incented, you're going to get more people in larger houses and be willing to pay more higher state taxes because of these incentives. Um, and yet the high marginal income tax rate is going to discourage labor and other things that, that uh, high marginal tax rates decrease. So if you change that, you're going to decrease the, or increase the cost of living in a large house, which I don't know if we feel horribly about that. And you're going to increase the incentive to the working, right? So I think uh, I, I, I would seriously contemplate just getting rid of this, this all together as well. As oh, that's amazing. We actually agreed on that. As long as the revenue isn't just like thrown to the dogs to go do some crazy thing with, which was what we usually like to do with uh, with revenue. Yeah, but it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of federal subsidies flowing to, you know, individuals in certain states, but not equally. Right. I mean, again, if you're just jumping in and out of the podcast and you missed it before, this is four hundred and seventy five billion dollars that's the biggest part of the build back better plan it's a huge deal right that's a lot of money so so on uh, monday we talked about the um possibility of this uh alternate corporate alternative minimum tax yep and it is projected to raise something like i think i saw between 200 and 400 billion over 10 years yep it's in the 300 billions yep so so much like lower than this thing that we're talking about. Yes. And I, I mean, I would say uh, true Two, the scoring of these. I mean, the political incentives, I have no idea how, 
how this is, uh, is worked out in this specific case, but the political incentives would be to understate the cost of the salt cap lift and to overstate the cap, the cost of the alternate or the revenue of the corporate uh, tax on book income, right? The alternative minimum tax on corporations, yeah. Be bigger, right? Because you want to say, oh, we're, this isn't that much to like, uh, it's not that costly to, to increase the salt cap. And then alternatively to say, oh, that tax on book income, it's going to be giant. So um, do you think, all right, let's uh, let's put betting odds, since I know you're such a betting man, since you always lose to me when we bet about UNC basketball and you buy my lunch every time we eat as a consequence. Um, do you, if you were putting a lunch on it with me next week, would you be willing to bet that this passes? I bet it does not pass. You bet it does pass. Would you take that side of the bet? What is this? The, the repeal of the salt. With or without a minimum tax? Uh, either way. By next week. You can have your choice on that. By next week. Well, let's say, yeah, give it, give, let's give it a month. When you say pass, you mean the House and Senate and uh, President Biden signs it? Yep, it's going to become law. With the state and local tax deduction will be back, possibly with some limitations created by a new thing called the alternative minimum tax. Is it going to happen? Uh, I won't take the bet now. You won't take you won't take that bet. You don't think it's happening? Uh, no, and here's why. I mean, I think that there's just like so much disparity within the Democratic Party what they want to do, and what they want to spend money on, and their priorities. We've already seen it many times, right? For a, many months, it was we're going to increase the corporate tax, we're going to increase a capital gains tax, and then it just takes one person saying, eh, "No, I mean a fifty percent margin." You can't lose anybody, and it's really hard to do anything. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's be fast. So the chances that there's one holdout on this particular topic are just too great. I mean, one holdout from I'm just going to make up a state, but one holdout from New Mexico that there's just not that benefits not going to New Mexico, and they would just be delighted to have that 400 billion dollars actually doing something that helps New Mexicans as opposed to New Jerseyans. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, totally. Be interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm sort of sad you won't take me up on the bet because I was looking forward to uh, free lunch again, but uh, no, doesn't look like it's going to happen. There's no such thing as a free lunch, Scott. <laughs> but in this case, the house always wins, and I must be the house because I seem to win. Yes, uh, UNC has never won a basketball game against Duke. No, just on average, in the time that we've been doing this, I think I've uh, won more than you have. See, UNC had a terrible year a couple of years ago, so. Um, in any case, all right. So uh, I think we're out of time. I don't see any um, uh, additional. Co- oh, actually, a last second question has come in on the chat, which I think you should ask. The question is, does this help West Virginia? Does this help West with Mansion? Uh, Senator Mansion. That's a good question, West Virginia. Well, let me look up on the list of states, West Virginia, yes. and we'll find out I don't think they, how much they get. I'm going to have to do a little control F here. I don't think they got like giant property taxes. They don't have giant property values. I don't know where their state taxes are, but my impression is they're not at the very, 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 very top. Um, West Virginia, I have the answer. Of, of 50 states, it ranks 40 fifth in total benefit it receives 0.2 percent of the total benefit so nah, i think uh mansion's constituency is not going to get a whole lot out of this repeal 
but are they going to get angry about it? Yeah, that's a different question, but uh, they're not going to get a lot of benefit. At least if he's, if he's worried about the whole entire state. Yep. Which is- It'll be interesting, though, because I'm sure a couple of his rich friends would get uh, some benefit. He does for sure. What? And he does for sure. Uh, well, not for sure, but yeah. All right. I believe uh, I believe we're out of time. Thank you, everyone, for joining. This has been another edition of Tax Chats. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll see you. Goodbye. <laughs>